1: Nashville has quite the selection of places to go for a night out on the town and fancy craft cocktails. But the Dive Bar offers something a little bit different. They're dimly lit, super relaxed, and offer cheap drinks. These are places where the regulars hang out and the bartender knows your order before the door closes behind you. Later this hour, we'll explore the status of Nashville's Dive Bar scene as our city continues to change. But first, it's time for At Us. Each week, we take time to read the comments, so you don't have to. Yes, I'm encouraging you to literally at us on Twitter at This Is Nashville and on Instagram at This Is Nashville underscore WPLN. Joining me now with a look back at the past week is our digital lead, Anna Gallegos Cannon. Hey, Anna.
2: Hey, Khalil. Happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday to you. (laughs) Okay, so last week we had an episode addressing listener concerns about disability benefits in Tennessee. After that show, we got some feedback that our guests didn't exactly answer their questions.
2: That's right. So our producer, Rose Gilbert, has been working behind the scenes to make sure we were able to get answers for our listeners, like Larry.
3: Our brother-in-law
4: has come to live with us from Louisiana. He's had cerebral palsy since he was a baby. The problem is is that he can not have he does not have use of his legs, and so he has to crawl up our stairs and was looking for some type of help for a ramp to be built. The governor's office had referred me to this website, radio station. While they spend $500 million on a stadium, we've got somebody that has to crawl into
1: the house. Really lets you know where maybe the state and city's priorities are. So, are there any resources for Larry and his family?
2: Yes, Rose was actually able to get Larry in co- in contact with um, United Cerebral Pals- Palsy of Middle Tennessee, huh? which offers a variety of services, including financial assistance to build a wheelchair ramp. Mm-hmm. It took at least half a dozen phone calls to make this happen. And Rose got to experience firsthand just how complicated the process can be when it comes to tracking down disability resources. They might be out there, but actually finding them can involve navigating through layers of state and local government and private organizations. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But... If you live with a disability and live in or around Nashville, there are resources for you. And um, the best way you can find them is you can contact Tennessee Disability Pathfinder or the Greater Nashville Area on Aging and Disability Helpline. And that number is 615 Two five five one zero one zero. again that number is 615 255 1010
1: that is good to know our, our guest Rachel Kestner raised another concern Rachel lives with cerebral palsy she's been with her partner for more than 10 years but if they get married she'll likely lose her benefits why is that anna
2: So Rose was also able to find an answer here again. Um, She reached out to Robin Fountain, who is the public affairs specialist with the Social Security Administration. So Robin said that if you receive Social Security disability insurance benefits, getting married won't impact that. But, and Hmm. this is a very big but, it is a completely different story if you receive supplemental security benefits. Robin said that, quote, because supplemental security benefits is a needs based program, getting married may affect a recipient's benefit amount. That is because the amount of uh, us supplemental security benefits um, is based in part on the income available to someone and their spouse. Um, It also gets really, really complicated if both people like both people in this couple are receiving benefits. And in that case they may want to contact their local social security office directly.
1: I mean, people are trying to tie the knot, not untie the red tape. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so Wednesday's show was about exploring white identity. And one of our guests was Danielle Simpler. She's a mom who wants her son to grow up with a better understanding of race and tolerance. Here's what she said on air.
4: I knew that I wanted to
5: educate him from the beginning and to make sure that he grew up to be a conscious human um, that was educated on race and that used his privilege for, for good.
1: So after the show, Danielle contacted me and said she wanted to clarify. Let's listen.
5: I just want to take the opportunity to address one of my comments. I am learning and I believe that being vulnerable to my mistakes is important and it allows me to continue to grow. I stated that I wanted to raise my son to use his privilege for good. That is a phrase I actually do not like. I was a little nervous speaking on the radio and reverted to an old phrase I had let go of. I prefer and would like to correct that statement. What I was attempting to express is that I wanted to raise my son to be educated and aware. I want him to be a part of white people doing better.
1: Thank you, Danielle, for that follow-up. Also, shout out to all of our listeners who submitted their questions for Governor Bill Lee and Democratic candidate Dr. Jason Martin, even if only one of them accepted our invitation.
2: Yeah, but that's a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. But we did get some really great questions for that show. So we are going to do something similar for a future episode, but this time with outgoing Congressman Jim Cooper. The episode is next week. So, listeners, here's your chance to ask Representative Cooper your questions. So Just head over to our website. This is Nashville.org, and that's where you can submit them.
1: Please do that. It's going to be a great conversation with Representative Cooper. Thanks to our digital lead, Anna Gallegos Cannon, for this roundup. Anna, We'll see you soon.
2: Yes, and our listeners know where to find me online.
1: Don't forget to add us on Twitter and Instagram, and let's keep the comments coming. Also, fill out our community survey to let us know what topics you want us to cover at thisisnashville.org. It's super easy and quick, and it helps us produce shows with your needs and interests in mind. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll enter the doors of our local dive bars and learn what makes them special and what makes them dice diving. Do you have a favorite dive bar? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. I'm Khalil A. Colonna, and This Is Nashville. When I was young, living in Owings Mills, Maryland, there was a bar close to my neighborhood. It was called the Five Mile House. Now, when I was in high school, I would walk by the Five Mile House and think to myself, I'm gonna go there when I turn 21, just to see what it's about. After I turned 21, I went in. It had a pool table, dart boards, and was super smoky. I liked it. The bartender looked me up and down as she checked out my ID, finishing her cigarette, and said, what do you have, hon? I was stunned. And as for the first thing that came to mind, a martini, I said shyly, the entire bar laughed. This ain't that kind of place, said the owner of one of the Harley Davidsons parked outside. Showing loving sympathy for a wet behind the ears, Khalil, this woman said, how about a rum and coke? That was my introduction to dive bars. And I've loved them since that November night in 1994. Our city has some classic dive bars, places where the regulars take you in and fiercely protect the energy and integrity of the place. Because for them, it is home. What makes dive bars unique? What are some of Nashville's truest dive bars? My next guests know all about it because they serve the drinks at some of the well-known Nashville dive bars. DeMarco Smith is a bartender at Tracks, and Tara Orr tends bar at D's. Lucky's Three Star, Arnold's, The Five Spot, and sometimes at the Basement East. DeMarco, Tara, thanks for being here and welcome to This is Nashville. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Great to have you. Okay, I got to start off with high praise for you, Tara. I mean, you work at five bars. As a former bartender, I have to give you props. How do you do it?
5: It started as a COVID thing because we wanted to keep the bars open, especially the live music venues. And they didn't really have room to fully staff but they needed people just to, on a pickup basis so it started like that and then it just i just kind of went with it. it it keeps things fun and my week changes every week and
1: when do you sleep
5: <laughs> not nearly enough
1: <laughs> okay so tell me why do you like working at dive bars
5: for me i feel like like the story that you just told like when people come to nashville Sometimes they miss home, and I hear it all the time at Mickey's, at Melrose, at Lucky's. People are like, this reminds me of my bar back home. Mm. So it's just like there's a sense of community there. I've just seen so many friendships and music deals and business deals go down just from introducing people in a dive bar.
1: All right. So here's the million-dollar question for both of you to answer. Tara, you first. What is a dive bar versus a regular bar?
5: Well, <laughs> there's misconceptions about dive bars. People just assume they're dirty. And I can say for Mickey's and Lucky's, like, two of the cleanest bars I've ever worked in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think it's more about, like, people getting to know each other. There's just, like, a sense of community and almost, like, family, like, relationships that happen there. And it's just also just that sense of home. Like, it may, you feel home and at home in a dive bar.
4: DeMarco? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm still mesmerized by your schedule, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I have to say that, because I did that at one point in time as well. Uh, okay, so uh, my my take on the dive bar? Absolutely. People get the notion of seedy, shady, um, hole in the wall, dark places. Um, but actually, you know what, uh, uh, that word community, that's what they are full of, full of community. Um, but I think the really good thing is that in the dive bars, you get a good mix of, of all your, your locals, the, 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 the local who, who knows where to go for a good time, the, the cheers bar, the neighborhood bar where everybody knows your name. Not only do you get that experience, but those, um, who are not local, um, who get curious and curious go out of their way to figure out where these hidden gems are, they show up and they have a great time. They're, the most common thing I hear from people who show up to these bars are, my goodness, y'all make me feel like I'm at home. This reminds me of my hometown bar. I feel welcome here. Everybody's social, things like that. So always a good time. How long have you been at Trax? On and off for uh, 18 years. Wow. 18 years. Yes, I'm the most fired employee there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Absolutely. How many times? <laughs> I believe I uh, stopped counting at about
1: 15 or 16. Okay. <laughs> so tell me, what, what role do dive bars, what role do they play here in Nashville? Uh, they actually play a,
4: a really uh, huge role um, as far as like, um, especially like the, the, the local and the, and the economy, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, those who are, you know, just Nashvilleans or local, I mean, it's, 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 don't get me wrong, it's a good time to uh, uh, go down to the touristy area and have a wonderful time down there. Um, I send a lot of people down there. I go there myself to, to, you know, give, give, give the tourists a tour. Uh, But I also make sure that they know where these uh, hidden gems are. Um, so it's a it's really a a, a good sense of of, of community um, that that's just woven into the the history of dive bars in Nashville.
1: Tara, same question to you to you. What role do dive bars play in Nashville?
5: I think it just they just really bring people together. I feel like um, some of the people that are here today, I met working at Mickey's, and I consider them some of my closest friends, and it all just started from. Being in Mickey's,
6: mm-hmm.
5: um, again, the sense of community, it's it's just the friendships that happen in dive bars, it, it's just different than just going to a regular bar.
1: Like they're lasting and real. Yes.
5: It's not like, you know, you go to a bar, people are drinking, emotions are heightened, everyone's high five and love you, buddy, you know, but in a dive bar, I feel like it has a deeper meaning and those friendships stick.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, Tracks is one of the most popular gay bars in town. DeMarco, what does that mean for the LGBTQ community? Oh, well, it, uh, it, it means
4: a lot. Um, I, I bill Trax as uh, the number one gay bar in Nashville. Uh-huh. Um, big shout out to all my other LGBTQ bars. I love you as well, and I patronize them as well. Um, but uh, Trax has been there for, uh, like I said, uh, right at 18 years. Um, it's a staple. By the way, if you Google Gay Bar Nashville, Trax is number one. Mm hmm. Um, so, uh, and, and, um, you know, with, with tracks, um, we give back to the community. Um, every year we do a, um, couple of, uh, big fundraisers some charity events. Um, the big one is the, uh, Bianca Page, uh, day. Uh, it's in August. Uh, Bianca Page was a very uh, um, uh, a drag queen legend here in Nashville that raised a lot of money uh, in the tune of more than a million dollars in dollar by dollar, by the way, for the um, uh, Nashville Cares, uh, Vanderbilt AIDS, um, uh, people who were really stigna- stigmatized by HIV and AIDS, um, and and she's been gone now for um, uh, a, a decade, ten years, mm-hmm. and uh, Bianca Page Day um, is a uh, A proclamation, we got a proclamation this past year by our uh, mayor, uh, John Cooper, and also um, the um, adjacent street of Trax um, was formerly Kearney Street. It is now known as officially Bianca Page Way, Mm. and it is the first known renaming of a street in the entire country to be
1: named after a drag performer. What does that mean for the community that frequents tracks to have something so special happen there? Uh, it means uh inclusion,
4: recognition, love um, uh, progress mm. uh getting somewhere i mean we're we're still a long way from you know a lot of the um, um achievements of equality uh um, among everyone um but it's
1: a it's a step by step process so Mhm. Now, Tara, some people have an image of dive bars being a gathering place for musicians. In your experience, what's that connection like?
5: Oh, I've I've seen so many collaborations musically just from people me- meeting at Mickey's, Dee's, um Lucky's. Dive musicians gravitate. Obviously Dee's is a live music venue as well, but musicians gravitate towards dive bars. They want to talk, they, you know, they're talking business or, and for Nashville, it's really cool because some of the songs that you'll hear on the radio, like I know exactly how it came about, you know,
2: Mm
5: -hmm. uh, just happened to be there and witness it. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Now, you know, we mentioned before you work at a long list of bars, you're a superhero, but you know, you've seen the city's bar scene change a lot as the city has been growing. How have the dive bars in this town changed? Over the years.
5: I I think the dive bars are flourishing. Um, You know, when I've been here almost 25 years now, and when I moved here, you would never go to Broadway. Like, Second Avenue was the spot. Mm -hmm. And, like, so much so that they had to do a no cruising ordinance because, like, the young ones that weren't quite old enough to go in yet would just circle around just to hear the music, just to, like, see everything going on. Will Hogue is one of my favorite local artists. He's born and raised here. And he wrote a song that Eli Young Band made famous, Even If It Breaks Your Heart. And he says in it, he says, downtown is where I used to wander, old enough to get there, but too young to go inside. Mm. And um, I mean, I was here for that when all the, 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 they would just ride around in circles trying to meet people, trying to. So with the live music scene, it's awesome. And it's amazing. It's Nashville. But the dive bars are where, when people want to be out of that a little bit, you know, they don't, you know, like Mickey's only has a jukebox. You know, D's is a obviously really good a, jukebox. I'm really like good that. jukebox. Um, D's has a great jukebox too, and obviously we have live music there. But sometimes people just want to go to like Lucky's. There's there's no jukebox. You know, we just play music. You know, volume depending on the crowd. Mm-hmm. And for people to just talk and like when you kind of want to just have like a conversation where you're not getting interrupted or you you're not screaming at each other when you're sitting next to each other.
1: You know, Demarco, tell me how has the scene of tracks changed over the years?
4: Oh, tremendously. Um, let's see here. I've been there long enough for at least um, twenty coats of paint, um, lots of carpets changes, um, some tables and chairs um, got tossed out and replaced. <laughs> um, but as far as far as the the, the crowd goes, <clears throat> I'm gonna tell you the most significant change that that I've seen, and 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 I believe that that uh, Terry King can. Relate to this right here. COVID actually changed a lot of things. Mm. Um, Absolutely. pre 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 COVID, um, uh, we we've always had a a steady crowd at tracks. Um, But when when COVID happened, we um, were one of the uh, first, very few bars and dive bars that were reopening um, with a lot of uh, stringent uh, protocol, and as as was D's, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. I did a, a joint uh, news uh, feature and D's was one of those across town bars. And then, you know, Trax was the other bar that we did an interview on how we're reopening. So let me t- tell you this right here. When we did reopen, we saw an influx and it still continues. It's crazy, blows my mind of a lot of the younger, younger crowd, you know, barely, they're just 21, 22. Um, and then also people who, were accustomed to going to other uh, mainstream bars and for whatever reason they didn't want to travel that far or maybe some code restrictions and so they they decided to try out our our local dives and and they keep coming back mm-hmm. and they bring more people with them mm-hmm. and more people and it it is extremely um it's gotten it's just gotten a lot busier
5: I completely agree with you on the age thing too
4: -hmm yeah. yeah,
5: and and that that's another thing about a dive bar. Like, there'll be a married couple in their 60s playing pool with these little young 22-year-olds. That That's their favorite local, and it's the couple's favorite local, too.
1: hmm If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. We're talking this hour about dive bars with bartenders DeMarco Smith and Tara Orr. Now, Tara, you know, what is it about the regulars that make a dive bar? What it is?
5: Oh, the regulars make it. Um, Between just making your day, like the person sitting in my right, I could could go into Mickey's and maybe not be having the best day, and Kevin would walk in, and it already changed my mood. So happy to see him. Um, Obviously, there's a monetary thing there, too, right? Because your regulars usually make your day. But um, it's just, like I said, when you have regulars that become friends, like... I left Mickey's a few years ago. I'm still friends with Kevin. Still talk to him. We still text. You know, it's just uh, the there's a bond there with the regulars that you see. And you don't only know their name and what they drink. You know what they do for a living. Kevin's a really talented artist. Um, I've seen his work. So it's just like just building those relationships, and then that they really do become deep friendships.
1: Well, I'm going to introduce Kevin to the world. Kevin is an artist and a regular at Mickey's Tavern in East Nashville. Kevin Mink, welcome to This is Nashville. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm glad to have you. Uh, A little bit of transparency. I frequent Mickey's, and so I know Kevin, and this is really exciting to have you on the show. Thank you. Tell me, how did you become a
3: regular at Mickey's? Uh, um, Ten years ago, I got divorced, and my kids went to college in New England. They took off. And I was just kind of floating around in East Nashville trying to find an anchor somewhere. And I wound up going in Mickey's about eight years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And there was this crew of regulars every day, the staff every day. And it's become this sense of community for me. Uh, It's my neighborhood. It's my people. And like she said, if I had an issue right now, I'd call somebody from Mickey's Tavern first to come help. Whatever it is, it'd be somebody out of that that bar. What is it about that environment there that really makes you... You know, you want to frequent that place and become a part of that community. Uh, Diversity, number one. Uh, We've got everything at Mickey's, rich, old, gay, straight, black, white, poor, everything. And it's fun to sit down in that mix of people because it's so interesting to sit and talk to these people. Hmm. And number two, their neighborhood. It's the neighborhood. You know, everybody I sit with typically at Mickey's in the afternoons, they live within two or three miles of that place. We're all right there in the neighborhood. So when we go grocery shopping, hey, you know, or wherever you see them in the neighborhood. And so it has helped me form a very deep sense of community uh, in that bar and in East Nashville, actually.
1: Now, I understand that for Halloween, (laughs) the Mickey's Bar staff and the regulars, (laughs) they did something
3: special. They Very special. Can you tell us what they did? They dressed up as me, (laughs) Yep, and they nailed it. They nailed it. So what was (laughs) the outfit? What's the get-up? I typically will have on plaid, flannel, camouflage hat, And glasses, and the funniest part, um, I think Britt, which I think you'll speak to her later, um, she came up with these palettes, artist palettes, and in each palette there was one of my sayings, one of my quotes. And I didn't realize what was going on when I first walked in. There was only two, three people there dressed up, and I noticed one of the palettes on one of the bartenders. And when I read it it was a quote of mine I said, Oh no, they're doing me. They're doing me. <laughs> and they did. They nailed it. How did it feel to have to see people dressed
1: up as you and also, you know, really, what did it say on the palette? I wanna hear. Oh, there's there's a lot of them. there's a lot of Kevinisms out there.
3: Yeah. Uh let's do a blasty blasty. That's a turn for a shot. Are you in? You in? Um Uh, There's some I can't repeat on the radio. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, but it was they nailed every one of them was perfect. Every one of them. That's awesome. Uh, Next time we see each other, Mickey's a
1: blasty blastys on me. Yeah. Right. Now, you know, as we're watching the city change daily, a lot of new people are coming to town, and you know, the older a lot of old stuff is being renovated or just done away with, and that really affects us all. I have to ask you, Tara, what is is the essence of the dive bar in Nashville leaving?
5: In my experience, I don't think so, but I've just been lucky to work at the best dive bars in Nashville. So, um, no, I I don't feel that way. I mean, I know Nashville's changing, obviously, um, but I feel like that, like that feeling of like the Cheers bar, the neighborhood local, I feel like it's still pretty strong.
1: You know, DeMarco, you know what? What should people really be considering if they're planning to go to a dive bar for the first time? If they've never been, if they've really rookies to going out to bars, or they tend to go to what are quote unquote fancier establishments?
7: Oh
4: well, you know, first off, here here in Davidson County, uh, you need to consider make sure you have your ID at the door. <laughs> That's the first thing. Okay, and and uh, and and unfortunately, at this point in time, we we really don't have the um, the capability of drinks to go. So. Please keep your cocktail and your beer inside the bar, um, <laughs> but what they should be uh, uh, expecting and considering is, uh, is is absolutely a good time. Um, I've, I've you know I've been a patron of Mickey's, um, Lucky's, um, Santa's Pub. Got to mention that one. One of my little favorite little trailers, literally. Um, but anyway, the um, uh, you know the expectation should be um, just a, a neighborhood. Cheers! Everybody knows your name. Get to know people. Really, super, super good time. And you know, I want to, you know, touch base on what Tara had said earlier too. You know about about um, the, the the feeling of the regulars. They are what makes it. Uh, I mean, it is. And 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 you know you you know their name you you remember their drink sometimes they switch up on you like you know out of the blue weirdly after they've walked in you already have their jack and coke on the bar and they all of a sudden they say oh I want a margarita <laughs> uh, yeah what happened there um, but you know for for example knowing someone um, I was recently in um, uh, in Mexico and um, I, I'm not fluent in Spanish I had a Spanish driver. I had no clue what to say. I was kind of put in there from um, an, a travel agent, you know, who, you know, du- was you know giving me the direction here, and so in order to speak to him on this thirty minute drive, I made a phone call to one of my regulars at, at Trax, okay. who I know speaks fluent Spanish, and he was my grateful interpreter for a good fifteen minutes. <laughs> That's awesome. So he knows who it is, and thank you, but. That's it, you know. It's um, it's really good to have that inclusiveness and that uh, that that camaraderie, mm-hmm. so so to speak. Um, and um, yeah, it's just such a good, warm uh, family friendship, all inclusive connection.
1: Now, Kevin, we've heard Cheers, we've heard of Cheers. You know, we've heard that a few times mm-hmm. in the show. Do you have a regular stool at Mickey's like Norm? Uh, yeah. When there's nobody in it, yeah.
3: Yeah? Yeah. What, what uh, part of, is that? It's actually on the very end down there near the spill zone where the uh, bartenders come in and out. Okay. It's on the very end down there. And I don't know how it happened. I just started sitting there. And pretty soon, every day I'd just walk in and that's where I'd sit.
1: Maybe uh, you can mark it by having a Kevinism, like, uh,
3: planted <laughs> yeah. there. Get off
1: my seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, okay, so we're going to list, what are some of your favorite dive bars, Tara?
5: Oh, Melrose is way up there for me. I love ping pong. There's not a lot of places you can go play ping pong anymore. Um, Mickey's is still up there. Uh, I had been working on Broadway for like seven years when I left to go to Mickey's. Okay. Um, so it was a big, big change. Uh, it was very in the very beginning when there might be five people in there. <laughs>
2: yeah.
5: um, Mickey's, uh, it's not a dive bar, but we have a bar in there now. Arnold's Country Kitchen is a great spot. Um, and kitchens open Wednesday through Saturday till 10. The bars usually open till 1030 or 11. So th- those are my staples. Lucky's, Mickey's, Melrose, Arnold's are my, those are my staples.
4: DeMarco? Wow. No wonder I see you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we, hang, we hang in the same places. Uh and, and by the way, Lucky's new kid on the block around the corner from Tracks, mm-hmm. love that bar, and that crew has done an amazing job with, out, with re-outfitting that 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 building there. So so a- absolutely, obviously, I'm going to be biased about uh, Tracks. Uh, one of my uh, other little uh, favorite in, in the LGBTQ uh, community, of course, uh, my girls over at the Lipstick Lounge yeah. over on that east side, 14th and Woodland. Love you, ladies. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, I, I was grateful enough to or lucky enough to be uh, working over there uh, no, years back, just just for a little bit, and had a, had a great time. Uh, Santa's Pub, Mickey's. It's a long list of places. It, it, oh, oh, let's let's talk about uh, let's mention Fran. Fran's okay. Yep. And if you're if you're
1: if you're lucky, when you walk in, you, Fran might be behind the bar. Okay, <laughs> take that shot, everybody. Now, Kevin, if someone were to come into Mickey's and they see you're in your spot, what order, what drink should they order?
3: Oh, just keep it like you said earlier when you went in that first dive bar and you ordered the martini. Mm-hmm. Just. Look around Mickey's and figure out where you're at and try not to get too fancy with what you're about to order. But yeah, go to for me Miller Lite and a tequila. Miller, a tequila. Miller Light and a tequila.
1: That's it. That is Mickey's regular, Kevin Mink. He was joined by the hardest working bartender in the city, Tara Orr, <laughs> and DeMarco Smith, bartender at Tracks. I want to thank you all for being here today. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank appreciate you for having you. us. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll learn more about the soul of dive bars and what they bring to the table for the community. What's your favorite dive bar moment? We'd love to hear it. Tweet us at This Is Nashville, but do us a favor and keep it clean, okay? We'll be right back. I'm Khalil Ecolona, and this is Nashville. We've been talking about the dive bar scene in our city. Now that we have an understanding of what a dive bar is, now let's take a look at what the dive bar does for the communities they serve. Eric Patton is a bar back and bartender at Dee's Lounge in Madison, and Britt Ronstadt is a bartender at Mickey's Tavern. Eric, Britt, thanks you so much for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville.
7: Thank you for having us.
1: Now, I'm a sucker for origin stories. Britt, I understand that you first started working in bars downtown, right?
7: That's correct.
1: What was it about that experience that made you want to change scenes?
7: Well, um, I would just say that I have always been much more attracted to going to bars where It feels like home, and that's not quite the experience you get downtown, although it's a blast to, uh, you know, check out when you're in Nashville, but I really just was um, feeling like I needed to find something where I felt like I was more with a family, um, not feeling so much like a number.
1: So how did you come to Mickey's?
7: So Mickey's uh, ended up coming into my life because I had moved over into the East Nashville area, And I had never been there before. And I went in there one night and I was just like, this is this place reminds me exactly of my favorite bar in Tucson, Arizona. Hmm. And um, I just happened to ask one of the bartenders there. His name is Dermot. I'm sure a few people out there know Dermot. Um, if they were accepting any applications and he just pretty much looked at me and said no (laughs) and walked away. (laughs) Okay. And that just kind of shows, I mean, it's it's hard to get in to Mm -hmm. Mickey's. People do not leave because they're treated well and they they love working there. So um two years go by about, and I am over at D's, Country Cocktail Lounge, helping out Amy D, um just picking up a few shifts and with nothing permanent yet. And uh She just gives me this frantic phone call one day and is like, Britt, hey, look, what are you doing? You got to go over to Mickey's right now. Somebody's leaving, um, moving, and there is a spot open. It's going to get filled fast. You've got to get over there right now to meet the owner, like right now. And (laughs) so I was like, okay, okay, okay. And I, um, you know, just pulled it together (laughs) and showed up over at Mickey's and met Andy. And we had a really great, comfortable, Awesome conversation, chatting, and um, and that's how it all started for me.
1: Well, I'm glad that you answered that emergency phone call. Right? As I say, I'm a regular Mickey's, and you're just awesome. Oh, so, thank you. We got a couple tweets in at This Is Nashville from Cleft Music. They say, you know, here's to also have someone say the Springwater Supper Club's name, Nashville's most historic Still opened dive. Shout out to Betty's on the west side, too. Both it and Springwater have been open for many years and most of the th- th- more than longer than some of the spots discussed today. And doesn't make them any less beautiful, of course. And that is very true. I went down to Springwater the other day and I had a good time. It was my first time there. Now, Eric, you have a kind of interesting path to tending bar, right? Yeah. What were you doing? before you worked there, and how did you end up at D's? Well, from the get-go, I was working
6: at Mapco, the gas station right there off of Bradley Parkway, the little exit right there. Um, It was very challenging, to say the least, because when I worked there, it was was sometimes cool, but then you also have those moments where you had people to be calling out at the last minute, then you have to stay the extra shift. They were trying their best to try to get people in there but it wasn't really going the way they wanted so i was getting tired of doing that i was doing that for like the last three years of the eight years i was working there so then once i moved to the apartments that was happened to be right next to d's it was like every time i come home from mapco i would get home go up the steps i hear the music i'm like oh they seem pretty popping over there. See all the cars lined up. Mm-hmm. Like there's no parking spaces or nothing. I was like, man, maybe I should go over there, but I'm not sure because, you know, it's a bar. I haven't been in a bar in a while. When I was younger, in my like early 20s, I would go to like bars and clubs and it got to a point to where it was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Because I got so much going on and I don't have the time. So one day, one of my regulars in Mapco, who happened to be a regular at these, Billy Reed shout out to Billy Reed my homie
7: yeah Billy <laughs>
6: <laughs> so he comes in he was like hey bro didn't you say you live across D's I was like yeah he was like you know what you should come over there and check it out I know you probably looked at him like no nah, that's not for me but honestly come over there and check it out so I was like okay since you said something about it I'm gonna go ahead and do it so it was like maybe like three days after he done told me to go over there I was like you know what it's a Friday had a rough day at work might as well go and check it out go in the first bartender I meet was Liz Turner. Shout right. out to Liz because she was the one who actually talked to Amy D to be like, hey, he would be a perfect fit because I would go in there tell my issues. She would, you know, give me some good advice and, you know, just chat and made me feel comfortable there because I never really went into a dive bar before. Okay. When I went into it, I felt welcome, automatic, because everybody was like, hey, how you doing? This first time here, like. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like I'm, I'm amazed because no, like normally when you walk into a bar, you know, most people don't really talk to you. They're already about their own business. They're already doing their own thing. You just have to, you know, just awkwardly sit there drinking your drink. Like, mm, should I go over and talk to somebody or whatnot, like that? Mm-hmm. But once all that went through, and then Amy D came to the Mapco store herself and asked me, "Hey, are you Eric?" She was like, "I was like, yeah." She was like, well, I heard that you're having trouble working here. Would you like to give Dee's Lounge a chance Be a bar back? Okay. And I was like, I never really worked at a bar before. She was like, that's fine. We'll train you. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, Sure, I'll give it a try. And like that next time I actually had a day off from my Mapco job or at least got off early, went in there, trained for like a few hours, it was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I had a good trainer, uh, Brian Sullivan, who actually trained me as the bar back duties, who got me getting to do and know everything I need to know. And from then on, it was like, yeah, I, I like this job. I actually feel appreciated and everything, so I might as well keep it.
1: And you've been doing it ever since. And, and been doing it ever since. Now, you know, as someone who's lived across the street from the bar that I worked at, I can truly say that it's both a blessing and a curse to be so close. It's really hard not to be in the building every day. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, even if it's your day off, how do you balance your time when you're not on the clock so you don't find yourself at these all the time? Well, see, I do basically like once I get off
6: from work, I kind of unwind, just relax. I do play video games or whatnot all the time when I have a chance to, to play it. But um, I just basically just try to relax. And then, like, if I have, like, a feeling like, you know what, I just want to go and have a drink, talk to some people. Normally it would be mainly regulars who would come in and be like, hey, are you working today or are you off? Tell my I'm off. they was like, oh, cool, let me buy you a shot. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's and cool. even when I'm working, they'll be like, let me buy you a shot. But, you know, when you work, you got to be like, you know, maybe later on in the night, you know, I just got here, don't want to. Rush it and, you know, one step too fast. But I have kind of keep it balanced because I don't really go out as much as I would back when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But, like, even when I do go out, it would be, like, maybe twice on my off day. Okay. Just, like, off day here, go to the bar. Then, like, two days later, another
1: off day, okay, go hang out at the bar a little bit. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil lake We're talking this hour about the community that is at the heart of our neighborhood dive bars. Now, you know, working at a dive bar can create special connections with the community. People support each other when and help out in times of need. Now, Britt, I understand that the Mickey's community really came through to your side when you suffered a tragedy. If you're comfortable telling us, what did they do for you?
7: Well, um... It's coming up on four months since I lost my fiancé to suicide. Um, And it's definitely a big deal for me to step up and be here today to be able to talk about it. But I think it's important. Um,
1: I appreciate you doing this.
7: Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate being here to do it. I feel like it's part of the healing process. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, the night that that happened, um, the owner was who I called And it was my two of my closest friends that I bartend with that came as well to be there with me Um, living in Nashville. I, I am here solo. I don't have any family here. My family is all in Arizona and through Mickey's, um, you know, these, the staff to begin with is my family, is my extended family. And then with with that said, all of the regulars that I've become so close with over the past five years have been exactly that as well. So I can't even begin to express my my gratitude um, towards everyone that just reached out, um, even from the very beginning, just sending me people that work uh, in healing, people that work in Reiki and massage, um, just ways of helping to just calm you in the beginning of going through such a major trauma. Um, And in addition to that, just having the staff be there to take care of my, my animals, my home Mm -hmm. when I needed to leave and be home with my family. Um, And just the outpour of just people constantly saying, look, you don't even have to respond, but I'm here for you. I have resources. Um, Even if you just are, reading this right now and it helps in any way. Like I just want you to know that I'm here. And that hugely came from the local community um, between Mickey's all of the friends and family that I have at D's as well. And then just several people like a lot of different restaurant owners and, and friends and people in, in the East Nashville community um, have I mean it really just it it just blows me away. Mm. Like what I was able to um, lean on, you know, um, even though it felt at times like I, I didn't want to burden anyone else, but they were just like, please just anything like we're here. And so
1: that's that community that, you know, it's that, that it occurs and happens in dive bars, right?
7: Yes, absolutely. And I also just have to say thank you, so dearly to the staff at Mickey's because one of the big things was privacy, you know, in a situation like this. And they really did such a graceful job of, um, communicating that to the people, uh, that were concerned for me and just starting to come back into work now. Um, everyone has been so respectful and kind and, It just feels like I'm coming right back home. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't feel nervous or worried to be around these people. They just, it's just like a big warm hug every time I come into work. Mm -hmm. So,
1: (laughs) you know, Eric, how does what Bridget sharing how does that resonate with you? It resonates very
6: well because I have went through a few things in life before I even started working at these, and I don't really tell many people about it because it's personal or whatnot, but. Like, in the beginning of 2018, I lost my mom, like a week after her birthday. So I was struggling trying to work MAPCO and my other job that I had for the mornings, but I was still making it through. It was kind of hard. And then to actually have a job opportunity come my way when I was kind of struggling with a whole lot of stuff. Of course, I had my family and friends there for me. But I didn't want to burden like, burden them with the financial stuff or anything like that because I was born and raised to actually get out there and get it. Like, make sure you have your priorities straight. Make sure you get whatever you need to get done, done. Mm-hmm. And by any means necessary to where it's not illegal or anything like that. It's just, like, getting your grind on, making sure you— do what you can to make sure you're able to support yourself
1: and get yourself through i don't really burden my family with anything that i unnecessarily I wanna, so, we got we got to move on man yeah. I, I really wish we could keep this conversation going i want to thank you both so much that's eric patton he's a bartender at d's lounge and Britt ronstadt bartender at mickey's tavern make sure when you go to see both of them You say hi, and you become a part of the community. Again, thanks so much for both of you being with us today. All right, it's Friday. I have to hop out of the car into the studio with a middle Tennessean. But since we're talking about dive bars, it's best not to drive in a car when people have been drinking. So instead, I headed to one of my favorite dives. Now, when I was new in town, I saw this ornate mural that caught my eye. It was a painting of a cobra on the side of a building on Gallatin Pike. I knew I had to check the place out, and as soon as I walked in, I felt at home. Yes, I'm talking about the Cobra on the east side. I met up with regulars Armor Ali and Pablo Casares. What's up, man? How's it going? How all right. I'm all right, man. I got you to drink. Let me get a Guinness. Guinness, you got it? Yes, sir. When you walk into the Cobra, you'll notice that it's one of the few smoking bars in town. Ashtrays are on the tables and bar. The pool table is always a main attraction. If you want live music, they have a venue. The Cobra 2, that hosts all sorts of shows. Everything from metal, indie rock, hip hop, dance music, you name it. The place checks every box on the dive bar list.
0: There's places that don't have a soul. And like, if you want to go to a bar like that, don't go to a dive bar, you know? Um, dive bar is a place where it's supposed to be, it's, it's a little gritty. You know? What is it about that soul that dive bars offer? It's soul. Soul ain't clean. Soul can be bad, soul can be good. You know, like, it's just like, that's how a dive bar is. It's full of soul, you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, you can go to a bar where everything is bling-blow, and that's great, you know? Soul yeah. Do that. But yeah. this is
1: not that. Amr has been coming to the Cobra for about a decade, and if he's there, chances are good that Pablo is too. Cobra is, uh, has a special place in my heart.
0: For for community, definitely for community. Yeah. Subculture, East Nashville community is here. Goth night one day, having a conversation with preppy trust fund kid, having just got lost and like, hey, this looks like a bar. Let's go have a drink. You know what I mean? Bikers.
1: Bikers. Yeah. For armor, it's a vibe of understanding and respect that is the energy of the Cobra.
0: Everybody's first of all is like open-minded and loving. Like if you don't come here, and you don't last long if you come here with the wrong attitude. You know, it's just like. Like I always say, it's like a, it's like a community center that opened the bar. You know what I mean? Like that's really what like the Cobra is like. Like, a lot of these people, like if this wasn't even a bar, they still come and hang out here. Mm-hmm. So.
1: look, I dig that variety as well. To me, it feels a little spiritual and real. I run my analogy by Armor. Let's just say Jesus came back. Mm-hmm. Would Jesus go to one of these new hip bars, or would Jesus come to the Cobra? I feel like God. Jesus would be kicking it here at the code Who did Jesus hang out with? Yeah. Right? Exactly. You
0: know, who was who was Jesus around? Was he around the, the ruling class? The the top people know, you know, is is around Gentiles and the, and and you know the prostitutes and the strugglers. Like, so yeah, I feel like as funny as that is, it is kind of true. He would come here. He would come straight. here
1: <laughs> Jesus would come straight to the cobra, and kick it <laughs> and whatnot. Like that's kind of true. It's funny <laughs> as like, it is, but, yeah. we ran out of beer. He's like, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a problem. Be <laughs> like, hey, bro,
0: we don't make any wine. We we don't we don't drink wine here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, keep and it, the water. water.
1: In all, this is a place where people care about who you are, not what you do for a living.
0: And all political views are thrown out the window. You know what I mean? It's just people celebrate. They either forget what they truly believe in or they remember what what being a human is. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm
6: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, uh, yeah. Like I said, sometimes it's hard to express how you feel when you come in. You know, besides the dingy part and, like, you know, you said what, how clean does a dye bar have to be? Like... You don't have to perform surgery on it, but you know you walk away you go home alive.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you didn't yeah. pick up any infections. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I, I like that. Hey, thanks, man.
3: <laughs>
1: yes, sir. I'll see you later. Take care. Yes, sir. We wanna thank everyone who tuned in this hour. On Monday, we'll look at how housing instability affects our city's LGBTQ youth and what's being done to address it. This is Nashville is a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Listen back at thisisnashville.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Our producers are Steve Harouche, Rose Gilbert, and Magnolia McKay. Our digital lead is Anna Gallegos Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tutho. Shout out to our intern, Tori Hoover. The masterminds behind our theme music are Laurent and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Andrew and Anne Perot from The Villager Tavern and Andy and Becky Gaines from Mickey's Tavern. The conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Ecalona. We'll see you next week, everybody. And be good to each other.